and welcome to the Hilco Global Smarter Perspectives podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Katz. Today, we're speaking with Kevin Duffy, Senior Valuation Director at Hilco Valuation Services, about the critical changes facing the chemical industry in the wake of the global pandemic and how demand levels in industries ranging from automotive to packaging are affecting that overall landscape. Just as a little quick background, Hillco Valuation Services is the leader in valuation for the chemical industry, with more than 300 appraisals delivered on asset values ranging from $10 million to over $1 billion. The company works closely with the management consulting team at Hillco Performance Solutions to provide a wide range of manufacturing operations, supply chain, people, M&A, and commercial expertise to the chemical industry. With that said, welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Steve, great to be here today. Well, we're glad you can join us. I know, Kevin, that Q3 earnings season is upon us for several large U.S.-based chemical companies. And although there may be some improvement over Q2 and preliminarily forecasts overall aren't looking notably more promising than they were. So I'd like to spend our time today talking with you about what you've quite cleverly called the good, the bad, and the ugly of the chemical industry in this quote-unquote age of COVID-19. And let's start with the industries that fall into the good demand performance category, beginning with packaging. What are you and the team seeing there? Yes, the major drivers of that is an increase of e-commerce over people going to brick and mortar stores. Every one of those products that go out the door need to be packaged. World of chemicals, that includes items like tape, film, and then like little styrofoam balls. I saw on the news the other day, they're calling it Shipogetan. Uh, this packaging season, they're projecting something like seven and a half million more packages a day during the holiday season this year. Another major driver of the increase in chemicals in packaging is uh, social distancing and hygiene-related uses of packaging. An example of this would be packaged utensils that you uh, get from a restaurant or, or even the grocery store, opposed to just having non-packaged utensils. Additionally, kind of along the same grocery store theme, you're seeing things like packaged salads and prepared foods over where you might have seen like a salad bar previously. And then when you get to the stores, there's uh, been also an increased use of plastic bags over, you know, the trendy recycled bags as we're seeing these bags as having a better hygiene. And then another area that uh, we've seen a lot of chemicals used, I think uh, everyone has to this, that there's an increased use of plastic partitions, whether it's at your office or the store, they're kind of everywhere now. So, you know, those all those plastic partitions were all made out of chemicals. Well, plastic packaging is pretty strong. And, uh, you know, a lot of the industries that have seen increased use of packaging our food and beverage, like we've talked about, dairy, home care, and health care. Uh, yeah, packaging continues uh, to be strong and looks to be strong going out into the future. Yeah, interesting, right? So I think we've all seen that that increase in, in uh, the use of these containers. Everybody's bringing things back from the from their favorite restaurants. Grocery stores are putting food now in uh, some of that packaging. So quite a bit of that in addition to the partitions that you talked about. So yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. So in addition to packaging, you also identified medical health care as part of your good demand performance category. And I read recently that medical equipment and supplies in the U.S. are now made from roughly, I think, 50 percent plastic, which I, I have to say surprised me quite a bit. <laughs> Clearly, the need for personal protective equipment right now is a contributing factor to medical health care falling into that good category. But what else is helping to drive demand there during the pandemic? 
So yes, the the PPE is definitely one, and you know chemicals, nylon and masks. Most of those masks that everyone wears are actually made out of chemicals. Rubber and gloves, those little face shields, and then not PPE, but one of the drivers in the general chemical industry would be thermometers. You now have your temperature everywhere you go. But both industrial thermometers and personal thermometers, an example that has seen extreme increases in in medical supplies. I've actually done a valuation. They had thermometers and health equipment and their sales this year, their highest sales they've ever had. Funny because the pandemic has definitely impacted things very strongly and some very weakly. Some of the volume increase in uh, the chemical industry is expected to, to likely stay. One of the drivers of the increased usage are things like cleaning supplies and sanitizers, which most of those are petroleum-based. Both cleaning supplies and the, the PPE are likely to stick around uh, a little bit longer than this virus. Some of it may be uh, an increase in volumes that may stay around forever. This is kind of related to the packaging side of the world but also relates to medical as well. Things that have been packaged in aluminum have had to change to be packaged by plastics because there's been an aluminum shortage during this time. Many drink bottles as well as that are packaged in in metal containers are are now being packaged in plastic, at least for the short term, as there's been a supply of of aluminum. And then not everything is, uh, is roses in the medical world, though. Evaluation of a uh, pigment manufacturer, TiO2 manufacturer, and I found it funny that uh, one of their product areas that they were having problems with actually related dyes that went into hair care, as people can't go into the hairstylist, so people aren't dyeing their hair as much these days. So even within the industries that are doing well, there's definitely some good news and bad news stories everywhere. Okay, well, let's look at the flip side of that for a minute then. I know it's a well-known fact that the automotive industry has continued to consume increasing quantities of petrochemicals as it's worked to make vehicles lighter and more fuel-efficient over the years. I see that automotive is in your bad category for demand performance right now. What are you seeing there? All right, yeah, automotive sales on the year are down about 20% year over year. Driver of that it relates to shutdowns and, and a pretty significant slowdowns during the first few months of, of COVID. And auto sales now we're seeing have recovered um, significantly. But that said, they have not recovered to pre-COVID levels. They're projected to be down for the total year 20%, likely not to get back to pre-COVID levels until the middle of of next year. That said, the sales of automotives were already down. Um, they hit a high in about 2017, and they had fell in 18, fell in 19, and were kind of projected down that continual slide. Actually, what's happened is it's it's kind of reversed. Auto sales are not continued to come back to that 2017 level. How that impacts the the world of chemicals is 17% of all plastic sales are projected to go into the automotive industry. Projected that about uh, more than one-third of the average raw material cost of a vehicle is a, a plastic or a petrochemical-based chemical. This decrease in volume obviously impacts the, the, the chemical industry as volumes are down. Drivers of the uses of chemicals are, are plastics, and those are things like polypropylene, PVC, different nylons, urethanes, and uh, significant numbers of resins. Brascom, 
which is a major supplier of high-propylene resin to the automotive industry, their sales bottomed out at about 20% down from the pre-COVID levels, and, and that's as far down as they got. And then they, they've been they've been coming back. So the, the suppliers into the automotive industry, that 20% level is probably a good number for how bad things got. So ultimately not that bad since it was a short period. Okay, pretty much the same question, I guess, for aerospace, which you've also cited in your bad demand performance category. The commercial airline industry, which is a huge piece of aerospace overall, has obviously been devastated by the crisis. And I'd be willing to bet that at least some of our listeners would be surprised to learn just how pervasive the use of chemicals and chemical-based polymers is in aviation products and maintenance, because I know that I really was. So with that in mind, what detail can you provide about why the hit that aerospace has taken is such a significant and concerning development? for the chemical industry and whether you see any signs of potential improvement on the horizon there? Sure. So aerospace has been hit hard as the number of passengers have basically evaporated from where it was at. Size of the chemical market, well, just plastics is over 770 million, and then there's other coatings and other chemicals that are used. So, so just the plastics into the aerospace industry is about 770 million. So it's a significant of consumption. The demand for new planes has essentially evaporated, but most planes are are tied to committed orders and, and payments that are made throughout the production process. And so the planes that are being manufactured now are all have committed orders tied to them. It is very difficult to get those orders canceled, which have been deferred pretty much as long as they can be, in many cases, uh, up to five years. And I do know that some of the contracts have been canceled, which is tough for the suppliers. Right now, the, the plane producers are making more planes than they are shipping to their customers. So it's a little bit of a of an offset as the the impact to the, the suppliers to the industry are not hit as badly as the as the sales to the industry are. But that's a, a, a pretty thin silver lining. Chemical companies with a large presence in aerospace industry include uh, 3M, BASF, ExxonMobil, Sherwin-Williams, among others. A positive side to the airline industry, which is devastated right now, is that airlines are assuring passengers that flying on the airplanes is safe. On the news the other day, I think they put out a report that said something like the, the virus stays airborne in a plane significantly lower levels than it would in your house. Basically pointing out stories that flying on planes is safe, which is good because it's going to push more the plane and help this industry get back to some sort of normalized level. Another potential positive side for the chemicals industry to the airline industry relates to kind of some of the the health and PPE side of things that we talked about earlier. As airlines are trying to get planes, they're putting in more hygiene and hygiene measures just like everywhere else. So that side is helping the the chemical industry. But from the long-term perspective, this is going to take a long time to sort out is opinion, one of the heavily hit, most hit industries in this pandemic. You also throw in the hospitality industry of restaurants and hotels. Long term, on a positive side, and this is for both planes and automotive, is that both of and aerospace have a trend called light weighting, which essentially they try to be cost and the planes and the cost and the weight of their planes and automobiles to be more efficient 
And generally, this results in the usage of some sort of chemical replacement material. In the world of, of airplanes, the use higher usage of carbon fiber to make the plane is, a, is the best current example of higher usage of chemicals in the uh, airline industry. It's going to be a tough sled. This one's probably taken one of the largest hits in the face in this uh, pandemic. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's move to what you have, quote unquote, called the ugly in your good, bad and ugly uh, assessment of the situation, which is the economy itself. And I, and I guess that certainly isn't surprising based on what's going on right now. So to wrap us up today, if you would, I'd like to get your thoughts on the uncertainty related to the economy and also on how job loss, such as since we were talking about it, the massive layoffs we've just seen in the airlines, as well as business closures and any other factors you've identified are likely to play in the recovery curve for the chemical industry moving ahead. Yeah, great. Q2, the economy contracted at an annualized rate of, of over 30%. has been has coming back strong since then. There is a reported 3.4 million permanent job losses through August, which is up 2.1 million since February, well as a significant number of small businesses closing. Some of those closures are for short term since the government, uh, many governments won't allow any customers. Um, but uh, unfortunately, more than half of those small business closures are permanent. Future stimuluses is unknown. Uh, many people have blown through what they have. I was just talking to one of my friends the other day who unfortunately just opened up a restaurant. He is still working through EP money. He said many of his friends in the industry have blown through that money and are uh, unfortunately getting closer and closer to, to having their businesses fail. Um, and unfortunately, that story is going to be true everywhere. How that's going to hit the economy, it, it, it can't be good. Although today it's interesting because we're seeing strong retail spending. As you know, places like uh, people are spending at movies and restaurants and especially vacations are moving thing to things like uh, higher retail sales and higher appliance sales and, and even higher automotive sales. I have a friend who has, has a luxury car dealership and that part of the economy is uh, doing fine. As he said that he ran out of his BMWs and Porsches, attributed that to many people spending their money on, on cars. Additional losses and jobs cannot help the economy. And I, I just don't think that we've seen full impact yet. So th there's a lot of noise and a lot of different directions take a long time to fix. Automotive and the aerospace, uh, we're projecting long term to be the, which, you know, automotive's not bad because it's coming back to, to more normalized levels. So aerospace is uh, definitely from a chemical industry perspective, one of the worst industries hit. Okay, well, great perspective, uh, particularly on those pockets of demand that are helping to sustain the industry right now, but certainly many challenges ahead into 2021, as Kevin has indicated. And given that, for those asset-based lenders and others involved in the chemical industry who've been listening in today, if you have questions or concerns pertaining to portfolio or business exposure in this area, we encourage you to reach out to Kevin and the Hillco Valuation team who can also get the management consultants at Hillco Performance Solutions involved in that conversation if the need requires. Kevin's email is kduffy at hillcoglobal.com. That's K-D-U-F-F-Y at hillcoglobal.com. Kevin, thanks again for joining us. It was my pleasure, Steve. Thank you. You bet. And listeners, we hope that today's Hillco Global Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway 
that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. Until next time, for Hillco Global, I'm Steve Katz. Thank you.